you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Blanchard, and this is episode number 307. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you're celebrating Mardi Gras or Carnival. Love, gun rights, black history, laser max, cowboy old western clothing, and a new project. And there was a gun rally in Maryland that was amazing. All this and a little bit extra. Coming up next, after a song I danced to when I was 20. Said I, I'm a little dangerous, and girl, I'd love to show ya, show ya, my gentle love. Yes, don't be no real. I think I wanna know ya, know ya, jungle love. Oh, we know we girl, I'd love to show ya, show ya. You got your pretty car. I think I wanna drive it, drive it. I said I, I drive a little dangerous. I take it to my house, rip you off. Jungle love. Oh me, oh me, oh. I think I wanna know ya, know ya. Jungle love. Oh me, oh me, oh. Girl, I love to show ya, show ya. Shalom, baby. You're listening to the Urban Shooter Podcast. How about that? Yeah. It's so funky, I can't even sit still on this one. Look at this, watch this. Oh, get it, man. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Hey, Jeff. CrossbreedHolsters.com presents the Urban Shooter Podcast. The weekly pro-gun variety show featuring the internationally known black man with a gun. Your friend and brother from a different mother, Ken Blanchard. Yes. I think I want to know ya. Jungle love. Girl, I'd love to show ya. The 307th podcast of the Urban Shooter. From the black man with a gun. Dedicated to fun, freedom, firearms, gun rights. It's the red, it's the white, it's the blue, and you. Hey, Jerome, bring me my hat. Ah, that was some good stuff. Even if that wasn't your kind of music, you had to tap a toe, didn't you? Shout out to Johnny and the Dennis, to Joe and the Seth, to the MarylandShooters.org, to all of Maryland Shout Issue, to my brothers and sisters on the Freedoms Network, to all you podcasters out there from 
both the firearms radio network and the gun rights radio network and all points in between. Hope you're doing all right. I'm making it do. Making it do what it do, baby. I'm working on a revised edition of The Black Man with a Gun. Hopefully I can have that thing done in a couple of months and uh, be here by the summer. In the mean meantime, also working on another project, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit. I'm going to give you a little black history, a little American history, a little personal history coming up soon. And we're going to talk about two um, people that I met at SHOT Show. Give you a brief rundown on some love, the Maryland rally. And that's going to be it for episode number 307. Going to keep it light, keep it bright, and keep it right. All right. John Wayne's up next. And then we'll get started with episode number 307. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, just for the sake of it, you're listening to the Ambassador of Gun Rights. This is Reverend Ken Blanchard, but you can call me Ken. That's Ken with two N's. Don't know why I do that? Because there's a Dr. Ken Blanchard, author of The One Minute Manager. Don't want to get confused with the brother. He's doing such a good job in leadership. I'm the other guy. The black man with a gun. Yeah, that's me. You doing all right? If you need to talk to me, you can call me toll-free at 888-675-0202, and you'll leave a voicemail, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. That's been rough lately. I've been getting inundated with emails and phone calls and stuff, so I'm kind of behind, and I apologize for that. Not throwing you out. Just can't get to it in time. It's always something else happening, you know. But that's a good thing. It's good when you're loved. We'll talk about that too in a minute. If you want to send me an email, I'll get that quicker than anything. Blackmanwithagun at gmail.com is my main, main one. All right? Cool. Let's start off with uh, what happened with the rally. Rally? Rally. All right, this week we had one of the largest gun rallies I've ever seen, all because Governor O'Malley of Maryland proposed the biggest slap to our freedoms any gun person has ever seen. And he was trying to do a one-upmanship to New York City Mayor Bloomberg and to Chicago's mess. And he was trying to implement the Foyd card that is familiar to New Jerseyans and Chicagoans. Um, He was trying to do a magazine ban. He was trying to restrict semi-auto shotguns. He was trying to add additional training requirements. It was just a mess. But the Maryland community came out. And I got a chance to speak on the podium and unknowingly borrowed Mark Vandenberg's trademark. It's not about guns, it's about freedom. But it's true. And testified in front of the hearing. Tried to give the best response I could. And met 
a whole bunch of great people. That's the best part of the whole thing. Even though the governor was trying to screw us all, even though it was the most asinine bunch of um, legislation you could ever see, even though none of that stuff will ever, will never help any Maryland resident, it was great to see so many patriots in one place. By my estimate, 4,000. 4,000 cheering, smiling, one purpose, one America. It was great. So if you gave me a high five or shook my hand, thank you. It was glad to meet you. Please stay in touch. We have a Facebook page for Ken Blanchard. There is also Black Man with a Gun 1 on Facebook and the Urban Shooter Podcast. Also has a fan page and the new American Gun Owners also has a fan page. Speaking of keeping in contact, there is the freedomsnetwork.org. It's like a mini social media site. It has forums. It has places where you can put your photos and data and film and video and everything minus the ads and trolls. So if you want to be a part of a a pretty safe neighborhood, come on over. The water is fine. This show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. And it has been sponsored by BuyerBarrels.com and NovaArmament.com. I want to make sure I give a shout out to them as well. All right. Right now, I want to take you back to the SHOT Show, to the floor of two interesting products and people. I am at the classic Old West Styles division of Sebastian of El Paso. Um, I just met a guy who's big into Hollywood. He does a lot of professional um, work for the movie industry and for stars and it's just too cool to meet this guy. Sebastian, welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. How you all doing? And tell me about your shop. <laughs> My shop? Tell, yeah, tell me, about, tell me what, you, what you do. Oh, we, we do uh, gun leather, concealed carry, and sport. Uh, also, uh, 1,800 gear clothing. Like, uh, you know, you rent the movie Tombstone or Lonesome Dove. That type of clothing, Western. Not contemporary. Uh-huh. We also do bags, like, uh, I, I believe uh, Taylor Swift was pushing these suckers. Get out. Yeah. Then we have the other concealments. Uh, no, she doesn't do concealment, but oh, like that. All right. And t- tell me about this right here. You want to take a picture of it again? Oh, the, uh, our, our uh, vaquero jacket. This is our vaquero jacket. It's been used in a lot of movies, but... Uh, Tarantino bought six of these, and to me, six is like wholesale, so we charged him wholesale, and he calls me back and says, no, you didn't charge me enough. Yeah. So I had to charge him retail, but you'll see it You'll see it in his movie. People have told me I haven't really seen it. I've just seen uh, inserts. We also do the uh, leather. I have the uh, exclusive uh, license to do Ruger leather and concealment clothing. Uh, we also uh, do a lot of the 1800 clothing you know it's, it's different pants it's a different type of shirts vests coats the only thing I don't do is hats and and shoe and boots why not hard well they won't pay you for the boots what I have to get and then the hats is I'll come you know I don't understand that industry oh okay you know, we don't make it, but everything is U.S. made under 
one roof in El Paso, Texas. Uh, you need something custom, we'll do it. Chaps, whatever. How long have you been doing this? 96, 97. It's, it's a good business. It's, 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 it, it got really strong when um, Obama got elected. <laughs> oh, everything. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, the fear factor, I guess. They think they're going to take the guns away, but they're not. Yeah. What's, what's your um, website? Uh, cows, C-O-W-S dot com. Right. Classic Old West styles. Cows. Nice, nice. But, uh, we enjoy, we were doing good. It's good business this time. Good business. You told me you did a shirt actually for John Voight one time. Yes, if you look at uh, that movie September Dawn, he uses our shirts. He wouldn't do the movie unless we, the uh, wardrobe people for uh, Disney production, had them. So he was on strike until he got some, and then they continued. We also did uh, Shanghai Noon, Little House on the Prairie. Uh, We've done a lot of this. Uh, if you look at Hell's on Wheels, we mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff is ours. Uh, well, you know, made made for a movie, made for TV movies. We just did this one. Small producer out of New Mexico, and uh, of course he's dead broke, you know. And, hey. <laughs> But, you know, I, get, I, I cut him. I just charged him what it cost me to make the clothes. And he used all our clothes in this one. Nice. We got some credits. All right. It's just, you know, bragging rights. They don't really buy a lot of clothes, these production people. But we do... We do... A lot of stuff. A, a scope of our, you know, Western and modern concealed carry stuff. We do period correct and also the Hollywood style uh, concho four inch drop posters. All right. I don't see my pictures they're not going to buy from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's good stuff. Thanks, Sebastian. Okay. okay. Sebastian Rodriguez is a really, really humble, nice guy. And it was a blessing and a pleasure to meet the brother. Next up, Laser Max. I'm at the booth of Laser Max and I'm going to talk about some products right here. So we, we make a series of different types of lasers. We make uh, trigger guard lasers that go around the trigger guards. We make rail-mounted lasers that go right on the light rail of the guns, and we also make guide rod lasers that go inside the weapon. We have lasers available both red and green to, to fit a variety of different guns. Um, Tell me about Laser Max itself. One thing that's so special about all the Laser Max products is the fact that we feature controlled activation on all of our products. Our activation switch is ambidextrous, and it's at the point where your fingers should be placed for safe gun handling anyway. Um, our, our philosophy as a company is that you buy a gun for control, let's let you keep control. You decide when the laser turns on and turns off. You're not always ready to announce that your, you know, a laser or a light coming on in a very dark situation is immediately noticeable. You're not always ready to announce your presence. We feel that it's up to the user to decide when they do and do not need the laser. Can you use these with um, regular holsters, or do you have to buy something special? Uh, Well, with the guide rod lasers, they fit in the standard holster that you already have. With the trigger guard ones, there's a lot of holsters available for them, but the ones that go around the trigger guards, 
um, and the rail mounted will take a, a little additional space, so you would have to get a holster that would fit both the gun and the laser on it. So there, there's a number of holsters out, companies out there making holsters to fit our weapons, their guns with our lasers on them. We, we actually work with a lot of the, um, the primary holster companies, some actually during the development process, so that as soon as we come to market, hopefully there, shortly thereafter or at the same time, there's holsters available. We don't group our lasers with a holster because we know how people are very specific about their holster. So we don't want to take that choice away from people either. And, you know, everyone wants to carry differently. Everyone has different preferences for materials. So we really try to work with a range of holster companies that can provide the customer good choices. And if you're looking for those holster companies, you just go to lasermax.com, click on the product stage, and there's an actual bar there that says holsters. And the companies that we work with are all listed there, and just you can contact them. Their websites and their links are right there. All right, good stuff. So what makes the difference between the red and the, and the, and the green? I asked you already, but I want to get it again. <laughs> okay, well, the red, the red and the green, the green is always going to be much more visible in any lighting condition, and that's a, the human eye can see green much better than it can see red. So it'll appear to be four or five times brighter than a, than a red. It, it doesn't get washed out as quickly in the daylight. I mean, the uh, laser itself is designed for low light applications, but you will be able to see the green better in any lighting condition uh, versus the red. But there are, I mean, there's, ver- there's differences in whether someone wants a red versus a green. If you're going to be using it mostly um, dimming, dimmed light or darker, you know, light, lighting situations, maybe someone doesn't need the green. So it's really a, it's really an application type of a question, depending on how you're using a firearm. And green lasers are typically uh, substantially more money than the red, so that's something they weigh into the factor as well. So. How about this battery life? Everything operates on power, so how do you? What's what's more and what's less? Well, we use uh, in our guide rod lasers. We use simple hearing aid watch batteries, uh, the variations, and you can pick them up at most drug stores. On our uh, center fire series and in most of our rail mounted series, we use a one third end battery, and those will get you, depending on the model laser, will get you somewhere between an uh, an hour and a or two hours to about five hours, depending on the laser itself. Um, we also actually have a green laser that is rechargeable. You plug it in just as if you would a cell phone using a port right on the side of the laser. You don't have to take any of our lasers off the guns to change the batteries out. You can change them while they're on the gun, so you don't have to re- recite it in each time. Um, and it's, uh, you, you said they range, runtime runs anywhere from, like I said, an hour and a half to five hours, depending on the model of the laser. How old is LaserMax, the company? Next year will be our 25th year. I thought you guys had been around a while. We have been around for a while. The guide rods were the initial product that you know, really launched the company to the commercial market. And since then, we've just really developed products that we feel meet the market. And our newest are the Centerfire series, and they're geared toward people that are looking more for um, smaller concealed carry pistols that are becoming very popular for self-defense and home defense. We, we do also have, for customers who are concerned about putting, the, you know, taking the, installing the guide rods, very simple to install, but we have videos online or right at our website they can click on and have a tutorial to how to, how to put it in their gun. So so what is the website for LaserMax? Uh, LaserMax.com. Can't get, can't, can't get better than that. What's new? What's the hottest thing? The center line? Center fire? Uh, center fire. We also have a center fire uh, for the green, for the LC9 green and the 380 which Ruger is just coming out with at, actually at SHOT Show also, and it's a green laser. So now customers can really look at, I've got an LC9 or LC380, I can pick red or green. And the nice thing about each of them 
our center fire series, we start with the gun and then we develop the laser. So I think you can really see how from the Nan- Breda Nano to the Smith & Wesson Shield to the, you know, to the uh, Rugers, they're very different looking. They have obviously common features and... Um, the LCR is, is like futuristic looking. It is. Actually, the, that gun looks... Well, I won't say it, but anyway, that gun looks... It's a great balancing effect having the laser on it. But we started with the gun, and then we developed the laser so that um, it, it's got a nice, integrated, seamless look for each of them. You could see on the case of the Smith & Wesson M&P Shield, we actually even dimple our laser to match the dimples on the grip to make it blend in so you don't wear the, really know where the laser ends and the gun starts. So, I mean, you'll see that, uh, yeah, you'll see that on, on a lot of them. They're really hard to tell where the laser ends and the gun starts on. Yep, yep. All right, thank you very much. This Valentine's Day, the time we celebrate love for our sweethearts. Could you do me a favor? If somebody in the media, if you happen to be testifying or witnessing for the Second Amendment, and they ask you, why are you here? Tell them you're doing it for love. You'll blow their minds. The love of your country. Love of your freedom. Love of your family. Love of your life. Love suffers a long time, you know. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't puff itself up. It's real humble, love is. Love never behaves unseemingly. It never seeks its own. You can't provoke somebody when you love them. When you're really in love, you'll put up with a lot of stuff. You won't think nothing bad about them. A heart and a mind of love doesn't do anything negative. It loves the truth. It will bear a whole bunch of stuff. It believes a whole bunch of things. It hopes. It endures. Love never fails. Remember that this week. Tell as many people as you can in your life that you love them. They might not know what to do with it, but mean it when you say it. When I told my wife that I had lost my job and she said, maybe it just means that you're supposed to move on and do the thing you've been trying to do for the longest time. I'm not worried about it. I love her for that. That was so unselfish. That was the the definition of love. Knowing that I'm going to hustle and not let anything fall in this household if I can help it. Love is when you got a friend who says, hey, let me fix your resume for you. Let me help you. Let me give you a couple of names. Maybe somebody can get a job for you. Love is a brother who says, I'm going to nag you to make sure that you don't stay in the dumps. Love is a brother who calls and just says, hey man, just checking on you, making sure you're okay. Love is an email wishing me well. I thank you for being there. I love you. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it. I've written blogs, published a couple of books, um, painted some portraits, um, some oil paintings. Um, I've produced a CD, which this next piece came from. In celebration of Valentine's Day. Enjoy. Hey, honey. Hi, sweetie. Good to see you. Thanks, babe. Are you going to show it to me tonight? Yes, baby. 
You know, you promised it before, but got all shy on me and left early. I know. I'm sorry. I wasn't ready. You're my first. I know, I know. But don't you love me? Yes, I do. Show me, Daddy. I want to see it now. Where? Let's go in the bedroom. <laughs> You're so old-fashioned. I know. What color is it? Black, of course. How long is it? If it was any bigger, I couldn't hide it in my pants. Is it heavy? I'll show you. Just hold on. Here on the bed? Yes. Take the blanket off first. Okay. Ooh, it's nice. Can I touch it? It's so smooth. Mm. Will it hurt? Not unless you're doing something unsafe. Can I hold it like it was mine? Hold it this way. Does this part get hot? Oh, yeah. And you have to be very careful with it. What happens if I pull this? Oh, I see. Hmm. What's this stuff coming out? Lubricant. Don't get it on my satin sheets. I got a cloth right here. You're the one that wanted it in the bedroom. This is more intimate. Can this thing fit? Sure. Press this in and pull. Nice. How do you load this thing? I'll show you later. It's not safe to do it here. You got me all psyched up. Now you're going to put it away? You are such a tease. Well, get the safety gear we bought last week and let's go to the range. Hey, what'd you think? Yep. Hey, if you're new to the Urban Shooter Podcast, welcome. This is an eclectic amount of uh, conversation and interviews and humor and music that's all American. Yes, all American. This is the month of February 2013. And when I was a child, we had a Black History Week that became Black History Month. I want to talk about that for a second. If you're listening to this show, this radio on demand, this podcast, you're probably saying, and if you're new, I'm not urban. I'm not black. I'm not a person of color. Can I enjoy this show? I think you can. Because even though we are different races, different ethnicities, have a few different tastes, we are still from the human race. My birth certificate says that I am colored. I went through school as a Negro, and somewhere in the late 60s, I became black. I have always been an American of African descent. So you'll hear me do just about anything. I can differentiate between somebody being an a-hole and not. As you could. So I'm not stuck on names and titles. I'm just me. And I welcome you. And I welcome the opportunity to discuss some stuff that you probably won't hear anywhere else but here. It's just you and I. Nobody else has to know. Can we get deep? Can we talk American history? I know we could. So check this out. My grandmother tells me she is, she is part Native American, part Caucasian, part African. The history of my family is pretty much the history of America. But for now, we'll call it black history. What we call black history actually started in 1926 
It was founded by Carter G. Woodson, and it was only a week at one time. The month of February was selected because of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln, who were born in that month. Who was Carter G. Woodson? Son of a slave, born in New Canton, Virginia, um, December 19th, I believe, 1875. Super smart brother. Began high school at the age of 20 and then went on to Berea College, the University of Chicago, the Sorbonne and Harvard University, and he earned a Ph.D. in 1912. He founded the Association of the Study of Negro Life and History in 1915, and that was all to train black historians to collect, preserve, and publish black life about black people. He also founded the Journal of Negro History in 1916, Associated Publishers in 1922, and the Negro Bulletin in 1937. Dr. Woodson spent his life working to educate all people about the vast contributions made by black men and women throughout history. He died in uh, 1950, and Black History Month is his legacy. Now, some people don't like to uh, recognize black history as, uh, say, as a hero worship thing. Like, everybody can't be descended from kings, especially, I can tell you right now, not my family. We come from all over the place. We got preachers and teachers and lawyers and doctors and athletes and pirates and criminals and bootleggers and everything that's America. But let's get back to history, right? Virginia's first gun law came out in about 1640, preventing any black person, any Chinese person, any Native American from possessing a firearm. Fearing that the slave would either avenge himself or start a rebellion, laws were passed in every state that allowed slavery. And the fear was so bad, to slaveholders in power, they wrote the laws that even possession of a can or anything that looked like a weapon was grounds for any Louisiana colonist to be able to legally beat down any black person. This was called the Louisiana Black Codes, and they were copied throughout our country. When the Civil War began, many states enacted laws and policies to search for guns in the dwellings of black people. Knowing the women in my family, they would have done everything in their power to protect the lives of their children. So, to save us from jail or being lynched, they would outlaw firearms in their homes. They forbid us from having guns, uh, even if it was for self-defense. Gun laws in North Carolina made it a crime for anyone in my great-grandmother's home from even carrying a gun for fear it would frighten people. My family, my immediate family, my grandmother's side, grew up in that Tidewater area of Virginia where Nat Turner's rebellion took place in 1831. But see, there's a big difference between the rural and the city, the urban, the metropolitan person. See, around 1910 to 1930, there was a great migration. A lot of people from the South left. Anything smoking, trains, automobiles, horses, and on foot. They left. Migrated from the South to the North like millions of them, like my uncles. What's the big deal? Jobs. But let me back up. When the Emancipation Proclamation came out in 1863, less than 8% of the 
of African-American population lived in the Northeastern or Mid-Eastern, Midwestern states, believe that or not. But between 1910 and 1930, 40%. Where'd they go? Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, and New York City. A lot of industrial jobs. Instead of being sharecroppers and indentured servants, they left. Around my family, if you stayed in Virginia, you worked the naval shipyard or you farmed. That was it. Plus the hustle. And I won't even get into that. But there were big jobs, bigger money. You had railroads and meatpacking companies and stockyards. There were factories and there was this thing called lynching that was going around really, really bad in the South. So every man who could got out of Dodge. Black people moved to Ohio, especially Cleveland, and other northern states too, like St. Louis and Baltimore, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Omaha, and New York City. Mostly all those that were on the train lines. If there was a train, the A train, if there was a train going through, a lot of blues songs talk about trains. Folks left the South on trains. A lot of folks from Mississippi went straight to Chicago from Alabama to Cleveland and Detroit. And the second migration happened like Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi to California. It's only probably the last, I'll say, 30 years. People are actually leaving the north and coming back south. But with all of that, 1920s, 1930s, all those Africans moving north, Nobody wanted to be country anymore. We wanted to be upscale, wanted to be hip, wanted to be in. And we put aside things like hunting and self-defense to get along. You lived in small, small places compared to where you used to be. Space confinements. Slowly conditioned not to have a firearm. And then all those places that I named also have the toughest gun laws to to control those Africans. Our history is intermixed with gun control. I call them Africans, but they are American. There are generations that were born here, but the law treated them like they were Africans, foreigners, less than human. It was taught, it was accepted, it was fought. It's our history. And it's tied to gun control. Now, as we get real sophisticated, one of the ways that they stop people from owning firearms in the city, when they raised the price, the first time they did that was like in 1870, soon after the Civil War, and there was all these surplus handguns floating around. They were cheap. Anybody could get them, black or white. So they upped the price of these Army and Navy model handguns, made them more expensive so that only the working class people could have them. In 1881, Arkansas enacted an almost identical ban on the sale of cheap handguns. And in 1902, South Carolina banned the sale of handguns to all but sheriffs and special deputies. You know how they say, well, only law enforcement for these. They just changed it. The stuff is the same. 
1893 and 1907, Alabama and Texas respectfully put handguns out of the reach of Africans and poor whites through heavy taxes on the sale of such. In 1911, New York City passed the Sullivan Law, which at the time was the most restrictive law of its time. What was the issue? The Italians. They were the undesirables at that time. You see, back then it was relatively easy for anybody to get a permit to own a firearm, unless you were an alien. Not like a science fiction alien, but a non-American. The first person arrested and convicted under the Sullivan Law was an Italian immigrant. Did that law change anything? No. It did not reduce homicide or any other weapons-related crime. But it did give the police a sufficient pretext to arrest undesirable people, especially those anarchists or radicals who are suspected of being involved in labor unrest. It didn't have much to do with safety or criminals or anything, just money, labor laws, unions. Now, this continued on through the early 20th century up to where weapons prohibition resurfaced with the bans on suicide specials or Saturday night specials. And this term actually came from an Ohio writer by the name of Robert Sherrill, who said he wanted to party like a black person did on Saturday night. And he wrote that the only downside is that blacks kill each other recklessly while partying in this one Ohio suburb on Saturday nights with cheap handguns. So in his opinion, it was not safe for a white person to club with the indigenous population because it was inward time Saturday night. Saturday Night Special itself is a racist term. Maryland actually used it and used it for a long time to ban cheap handguns. Again, not for safety, but just for control. You want to make sure that the undesirables, the poor people, the poor black people are not able to buy an affordable handgun. We can push that all the way up to the 80s. When Glock came out, with his revolutionary design, unlike anything else, that Glock 17, it was cheaper in Maryland than a lot of 1911s and Browning High Powers and some other stuff and revolvers even. So they didn't let him in. Glock had to up the price to allow it to come into the state of Maryland. Didn't do it much. He still kept it kind of cheap. When I first got my first Glock, it was 450. But it, it was like, I think it came in at 300 or something if you had a law enforcement discount, 375, something like that. Economics. Always been a part of gun control. And economically, it's still happening. They don't make the price of the handguns more expensive, but what they'll do is they'll make sure that you have to get training by a certified instructor, which will cost you more. They'll make it so that it has to be in a special place that you must get fingerprinted that only certain people can fingerprint and it'll cost you both time and money. And that will still prevent a lot of people from going through. Not much has changed. It's the same tricks. And I'll try to continue on a little bit more history next week. Shoot, don't shoot, you decide.
you're a concealed carry holder and you come home from work and you open the door and the house is quiet. But down the hall, you see a shadow. Your kids are home, so you hope it's just them, but the shadow is huge. And out walks a man, a naked man, without any clothes on at all, in your house. What do you do? Let me know on episode number 307 in the show notes. Shoot, don't shoot. You decide. Scenarios to make you think. To learn, to discuss. On the Urban Shooter Podcast. This week on the American Gun Owners Show. Hey, every week, please check out the latest video in the new series called American Gun Owner. And you can find it on Google Plus or on my YouTube channel. There'll be a link to it that you can link to. What is the American Gun Owner? It's you. It's me. It's our freedom-loving lifestyle. It's going to show you how others are caring, living, training, loving in the gun community. Plus, I'll show you what some folks think about us. And we'll have a good time in the process. American Gun Owner. Launching officially in March. I'll kind of preview some of the videos on each Urban Shooter podcast show. And hopefully... You'll be in the mix so that you can get all the the latest. I'm scrambling to build this thing now. It's going to be a YouTube series first. It's an outgrowth of the urban shooter. So Google plus me for American Gun Owner. And look out for the links to come. It's the next phase of the Urban Shooter Podcast. The video version. AmericanGunOwner.org Coming soon. All right, congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens for winning the Super Bowl, and uh, hopefully you don't party too hard down there in Mardi Gras. Check out thegunrightsmagazine.com, and if you're a writer and would like to submit an article, feel free. Just send it to blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. That means it's time to go. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to your friend and brother from another mother. Feel free to share this with a couple of people. You can find me on Twitter at Ken with two N's, Blanchard. The show notes can be found on blackmanwithagun.com. Please leave a review for me on iTunes if you haven't so far. If you're listening to me on Stitcher Radio, please give me a thumbs up. If you need me, call 888-675-0202. You can find me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Shalom, baby.